Another day, another scholarship offered by the Indiana Hoosiers, this time to a guard in the 2023 class. We'll get you caught up in everything we know about the prospect, including a little bit of a scouting report and uh, how quickly he is rising up scouting boards. Also going to take a look at Christian Lander, the former Hoosier who transferred away from a program, uh, found a new home. That's the final player that transferred away uh, to commit. So we'll take a look at where he is going and where all the players that transferred away are going next season. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Thursday, April 28th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. We have your news, your analysis, previews and recaps of uh, whether it's men's basketball, women's basketball, football, soccer, uh, as well as Hoosiers in the pros, as we've, as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks with the NBA playoffs. Uh, no matter what it is, IU-related, we have you guys covered. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers part of your day today. More specifically, your first listen every single day. Just a reminder, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Premiere the episodes over there daily at 7 a.m., so go join in on that conversation. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. IU continues to be very, very active in the or on the recruiting trail, I should say, as they have offered a 2023 guard, Freddie Dillon, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, we'll talk about him, how rapidly he is rising, get some insight on him as a prospect before talking Christian Lander and the school where he will be heading next season. And where all four of the transfers are going to be going next season. Before we jump into all of that, uh, let's uh, remind you that we are free and available everywhere you guys are listening to podcasts at. Make sure you subscribe to us if it's on Spotify, Stitcher, uh, the Odyssey app, maybe just Apple iTunes. I use Over uh, Overcast. Uh, whatever it is you guys are using. Subscribe to us real quick. Helps us out a ton. You can also follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Hoosiers offered 2023 guard Dil- or Freddie Dillon. Again, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, I could be butchering it. I apologize if I am. But uh, the latest in a series of recruits, prospects that the Hoosiers have offered right now, and that's an important preface. Right now, uh, Freddie is a three-star prospect, ranked number 142 by 247 Sports. And the post about the, uh, this offer on 247 Sports, they said when the rankings would be updated, he would be moving up to a four-star prospect, which tells you how rapidly he's rising up draft boards. And the Hoosiers are jumping on that train. 247 uh, sports national analyst Adam Finkelstein uh, noted about Dylan. He said, 
Uh, Dylan is the team's biggest attraction right now as he had a steady dose of high major colleges watching him all day because of his size and volume scoring ability, not to mention sneaky good floor vision and passing ability when he's willing. That was in reference to, um, I believe, over the weekend, he had a pretty big tournament. Uh, He is certainly catching lots and lots of eyes. Back at the beginning of the month in early April, uh, 247 Sports Director of Basketball Eric Bossy wrote about him as more of a scouting report, quote, a smooth creator off the dribble who plays with skill. He's extremely crafty and really knows how to use his off arm to create space and shield off defenders. He's always on balance, plays off two feet, and when he's getting to his spots off the bounce, he's quite dangerous as a jump shooter with deep range. An interesting prospect to recruit uh, because the Hoosiers already have a couple kind of guard-type players in the 2023 class. Gabe Cups is going to come in 100% a point guard. That is what he is going to do from the very beginning when he steps onto campus. Ja'Kai Newton, not as rigid in his um, kind of position. He's more of a combo guard, 6'3 combo guard. Uh, so it's interesting that it seems to be yet another guard type that the Hoosiers are recruiting in this class. Uh, and another one that is, I mean, Dylan is only six, four kind of some of the same makeup. It, it's just interesting to try to piece together, but IU has a ton of competition for him right now uh, among the schools that have offered him. Uh, Alabama, Georgia Tech, LSU, Maryland, Minnesota, Rutgers, St. John, Seton Hall, uh, Vatek, Wake Forest, Xavier. There's others in there as well. So IU has a ton of competition for him. They're also, it's unclear how many scholarships they're going to have available in 2023. We barely know. We don't even know how many they're going to have open this season. Um, 2023, they already have Cups and Newton committed. They're also going after KJ Evans, who we talked about last week uh, from Montverde, or excuse me, earlier this week. He's going to be coming to Bloomington on a visit, the number two recruit in the class. So I know you cast a wide net when you're recruiting because you're not going to land everyone, but just in comparison to who they already have, it's interesting. They're still looking at more guards like this. And, um, Perhaps it's a signal of kind of the type of basketball Woodson wants to play. It's uh, Maybe we're just reading too much into it, but it is interesting to kind of look at all the players, Newton, Cups, um, Dylan, all similar size, similar, some overlapping skills, I should say. A former guard that departed Bloomington this past, uh, after this past season, Christian Lander, the least surprising of those to um, enter the transfer portal from Bloomington, if we're being honest. On Wednesday, committed to Western Kentucky. Uh, Best I can tell, looking back at some of his uh, recruiting profiles and doing some research, doesn't seem like Western Kentucky was involved in his initial recruitment. Uh, now, his stock has dropped a lot. When you look at his initial recruitment, there was a lot of high majors that were interested in him. I mean, he was a five-star prospect. So 
naturally, there were a lot of high major schools interested in him. It's a hell of a coup for Western Kentucky, if we're being, being honest, to get a five-star prospect like Lander, even if his stock has dropped a little bit. Big get for them. Lander going to Western Kentucky was the final decision among the players that transferred out. We missed that, or at least I did. I shouldn't say we. I'm sure you guys caught this, but Michael Durr committed to Central Florida. If you're like me, you had to look up because I thought that's where he came from. He came from South Florida, so he must really like Florida and the uh, directional colleges in the state. Uh, Parker Stewart, we talked about going to UT Martin, rooting all the best for him. And Finnessy, we've talked about as well, going to Cincinnati. So that, barring any last-minute changes and more players entering the portal, uh, that will be all the players IU will see on the way or see go out of the program, and they'll have new landing spots. So players to keep an eye on, schools, teams to keep an eye on next season. Player we're uh, very, very much going to be keeping an eye on is Xavier Johnson, who is the subject of today's individual season recap. What a season it was for him. Uh, a really up and down beginning, I was going to say half, maybe two thirds, gave way to incredible play down the stretch and uh, very, very, very much had a big hand in getting IU into the tournament. We'll talk about his season in the wild ride, it was here in just a moment. BetOnline.net, though, is the sponsor of today's show. It's also your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. OG and the Raptors will be taking on the Sixers tonight. Uh, be sure to check that game out. The Sixers are known, or I shouldn't say the Sixers, their head coach, Doc Rivers, is known for absolutely blowing leads and uh, in series. This would be an all-timer. If he blew this one, it would be something wild. So um, they were up 3 nothing. This is down to a 3-2 game. Game six tonight, and Philly is only favored by one and a half. So... If you're feeling real froggy and want to see OG force a game seven, uh, it's going to be really, really interesting tonight. But I got that line, and you guys need to get all your information from Bet Online. They're your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Now for the announcement we've mentioned all week. It is finally here for the first time ever. Locked On is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick -pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. The Locked On Twitter account tweeted a video of the set today. It looks incredible. It's going to be a really, really exciting show. So tune in all three days as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It starts tonight at 7 p.m., available on Locked On NFL's uh, YouTube and on the Odyssey app. If you guys want some IU-related draft uh, coverage, 
that was Wednesday's episode is we talked about Micah McFadden, Ty Freifogel, Peyton Hendershot, the odds of them getting drafted and uh, kind of what the scouts are saying about each of their games. So once you're done with this episode, you can go head on over and get some more uh, draft content with that episode as well. Xavier Johnson, what a wild, wild season it was for him. Uh, it felt for the better part of, uh, man, two, three months to start the season that this was one of the wildest rides we've taken with a point guard in some time in Bloomington because the highs were really high. The lows were frustratingly low. And somewhere in between was a really good point guard that couldn't seem to get things figured out quite as much. Uh, you can look at his point per game averages and it'll tell you 12 points per game, uh, 12.1 to be exact, 12.6 in Big Ten play. That doesn't even remotely tell anything close to the story of his season uh, from the opening night on November 9th against Eastern Michigan through February 15th at home against Wisconsin. That was a span of 24 games. Xavier averaged 10.3 points, uh, almost four and a half assists, 3.7 rebounds, only shot 39% from the field, only shot 34% from three, 72% from the line. I wouldn't even say he was necessarily an average point guard. For a lot of games in there, he was a frustrating below average point guard. And as I say that, I'm sure there is a moment, a game that sticks out to you, whether it was being booed in Gamebridge Fieldhouse. We talked a lot about that. Don't boo your own players. Bad idea. But it happened because it was a frustrating performance from him and the team. He went 3 of 11 in that game, whether it was the Wisconsin game on the road where time and time again he got to the rim in the second half, and time and time again he threw up some wild shots, goes 4 of 16. Whether it was the, the high highs, he played really well in the game at Maryland. Uh, the stats, again, don't really show it. 8 points, 9 assists, and 30 minutes. It was He was only 1 of 8, but I thought it was one of his better games of the season. The Minnesota game, him and Rob Finnessy both played really well. Minnesota dared them to knock down three-pointers. Finnessy made them pay a little bit more than um, Xavier did, but they still both stepped up big in that victory. And as we've said time and time again, uh, every win mattered this season. So uh, it was important to pick up that one. But then they followed it up with an Iowa game and a Nebraska game where uh, he had nine fouls in those two games. He fouled out of the Nebraska game. He was part of the absolute collapse in that Iowa game. And that was just kind of the tale of the first two-thirds of the season for Xavier Johnson, is you never really knew what type of performance you were going to get. He scores 18 in that Purdue win, maybe a little bit, not even maybe, certainly goes under the radar because Fennessy got all the highlights he was incredible in the first half. He hit the game winner, but Xavier was incredible in that second half and was really, really vital to coming away with that victory. But that came after back-to-back single-digit scoring games, the Iowa-Nebraska game. So it was 
like I, I know I'm, I'm speaking to the choir a little bit, but just looking back at how wild that's that first 24 games were, it was exhausting because you, you just never knew what, what Xavier Johnson you were going to get. And then I'm not entirely sure what happened. There wasn't a Yaha or a aha moment. Excuse me. Not, there wasn't a Yaha or an aha moment. There wasn't something that just clicked. There were small things. Indiana started running a lot more pick and roll, which uh, Trace asked for. And that opened some things up. In general, things just started to click for Xavier Johnson uh, in small little ways all over the court. The end result is over the final 10 games of the season, Xavier averaged 16.6 points, six assists, four rebounds, shot 42% from the field, 45% from the three-point line on three attempts per game, and 86% at the free-throw line. He was an entirely different player for most of those games. Uh, The Ohio State loss on the road, uh, he struggled shooting the ball, but he had 16 points. From then on, he did not struggle shooting the ball. He had the nearly perfect night against Maryland, missed one free throw, 24 points. Followed it up at Minnesota, the game that almost they threw away. He had 24 points, Uh, had a couple ho-hum double-digit scoring games, 18 and 12 in that game at Mackey Arena that uh, the Hoosiers almost pulled out of nowhere. He was incredible, especially in that second half. He drug Indiana back into that game, and that was the story of the second. uh, It wasn't even the second half. The final 10 games of the season was just how much he was dragging Indiana or attempting to, to the tournament. And it seemed dead in the water. That didn't stop him. He was big in that Michigan game. Uh, it was a not quite as big in the Illinois upset, but he still had some big buckets. But he was absolutely big in that Iowa game, 20 points in that one. Uh, when IU needed him the most, the absolute most, he was there. He was repeatedly there. Uh, he struggled in the tournament games, only had 10 points on 12 shots against Wyoming. Everybody struggled against St. Mary's, 11 points on eight shots. But it seemed like, and I said this a second ago, the switch to a more pick-and-roll offense opened things up, made some of the decision-making a lot easier. And when you have someone like Trace Jackson Davis that – he can just throw passes to seemingly anywhere in the air and trace was going to get them. That helps a lot. And I don't know if it was a matter of kind of simplifying things, going to something he was more comfortable with. Um, Certainly there was a wealth of knowledge he built up over the course of the season that he started cashing in on as well. Whatever it was, the end result was a real, those last 10 games of the season Nobody in the Big Ten amongst guards played better than that. It was, that says a lot about how bad the guard play was in the Big Ten this season, but he was absolutely incredible in that stretch. And in a lot of ways, say helped save IU season. Trace is going to be uh, the one that everybody remembers, but Xavier did everything he could in that stretch to save IU season. 
and it worked because as we said, every win was important and he got, he was responsible for a couple of really big wins in that stretch. Now, which Xavier are we going to get moving forward? And that's a question that is impossible to answer, but it's one we're going to try to dive into when we look ahead to next season and try to figure out what could be in store for him in 2022-23. I, there is really no earnest way to preview what Xavier Johnson is going to be like next season. I just told you that for 24 games, he was unpredictable. For 10 games, he played the best basketball of his time in Bloomington, some of the best basketball of his career. There's no shot I'm going to be able to tell you what he's going to be like next season. There's a couple things I know. For one, there's obviously kind of the cloud hanging over this of the uh, police charges, and it's not necessarily an investigation, but uh, obviously that's hanging over things. Ultimately. I kind of said this at the time. If he was going to be kicked off the team, he would have been kicked off the team. I thought that was going to be a little harsh on him. But, I mean, what we didn't mention in that um, talking about last season was some of the, I don't know if maturity issues is the right word, but that Northwestern game and now this is frustrating. It's things that you hope you wouldn't have to deal with, but... He's a college kid. We've all been college kids that have been immature and done dumb things. And when it comes to basketball players like this, they're put on a much bigger stage. So their mistakes are a lot uh, more broadcast, I guess. And there's a lot more voices chiming in. Some of them are on podcasts and quarter zips telling people how they should think about the situation. But everybody wants to give their two cents. I don't know what it's ultimately going to happen. I Again, if it were really serious, I think IU would have taken some action at this point. They've remained quiet about it. My guess is they're letting it play out in the court or if he takes a plea deal, something like that, and then they'll make a decision as well. But I don't suspect he's going to be off the team. So if he's on the team next season, then what type of Xavier are we going to be getting? Well... I would be stunned if IU doesn't commit more to this pick and roll spacing offense that they kind of, I don't want to say stumbled into, but they found out late in the season. Trace was playing incredibly with it. Xavier was playing incredibly with it. And now you hope that you're able to surround them with a little bit more shooting. He's going to be in a little bit of a different role, though, because he's going to be starting alongside Jalen hood Shafino. And last year, he started alongside pretty much every game, Parker Stewart. And Parker Stewart was the opposite of a ball-dominant player. Uh, He really only touched the ball to shoot it. And there were other instances, but he he wasn't a creator of his own. Jalen Huchifino is a creator of his own. And so Xavier's going to have to adapt to that a little bit and learn how to play a little bit more off the ball. There might be some more spot-up opportunities for him. Uh, but it's going to be an adjustment period. That doesn't mean that there isn't going to be a lot of pick and roll that he's going to run. Uh, he still is going to be able to get to the rim. He still has great control when he gets there and um, reads the defense really well. He'll, he'll stop and find the dump off pass. Uh, it's not a matter of just bulldozing to the rim and having a kind of tunnel vision. 
he's always aware of what's around him when he's making those drives. So uh, the hope is he's able to build off those last 10 games and continue improving, adapt his game a little bit. Jalen Hutchifina is going to have to adapt his game as well to play alongside someone like Xavier Johnson. Those two can work some things out, figure out how to play together. And IU, if they do figure that out, IU has a really, really, really talented backcourt with guys, two guys that can run the offense and provide different things. Jalen Hood Shafino is an incredible passer with a really strong mid-range game and can get to the rim. A lot of those same things can be said about Xavier Johnson. Um, having two guys that can do that is going to be an incredible asset for Indiana. But Xavier Johnson is the key to that, or one of the keys to that. And hopefully he, again, is able to build off those 10 games in which he played at an all-Big Ten level, uh, close the season as strong as anybody on the roster, as strong as most anybody in the Big Ten itself. Like I, I really don't feel like I'm overstating there. He played so, so well down the stretch, and uh, I hope that, at least on the court, he's able to use that as a launching pad into a really, really big season next year, but only time will tell. Hopefully, this, uh, again, the situation with the police charges and his speeding and, uh, and whatnot is able to be taken care of soon, and they can... He can serve his punishment, face his consequences, and that can be put in the past because, I, I mean, he made a mistake, fair or foul, and I'm sure everybody around him, himself included, wants that put in the past and help him learn from it. And then we can get back to talking about things on the court as well. So it should be an exciting season for Xavier Johnson and for the Hoosiers next year. And if he can play like he did those last 10 games, then boy, oh boy, do the Hoosiers have something special in that backcourt next season. Thanks again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk Trace Jackson Davis, finish out the individual season recaps. Uh, and boy, is there a lot to talk about with him because what a fun season it was. Now make your second listen Locked on NFL Draft. Uh, Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Appreciate all the love you guys continue to show us. Uh, if you, As I said, if you want NFL draft coverage for Indiana, Wednesday's episode has you guys covered. If you want Big Ten NFL draft analysis, I am on the uh, podcast locked on Big Ten podcast today, talking first round prospects. We will talk about where IU players go on Monday's episode because it's most likely going to be Saturday when they get drafted or signed with teams. So we'll talk about that on Monday. Come back tomorrow, though, to hear some talk about Trace and wrap up that season recap. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review while you're over there. Helps us out a ton. But most importantly, what I want you to do is have a terrific, terrific Thursday and LEO.